RJ, that was one of, if not the best, game of the year for the Seattle Kraken. Uh, Afro was fired up to see her friends Shane Wright and Ryan Winterton make their debuts. We got to talk about that. We got to talk about just how complete and solid this game was for the Seattle Kraken. I mean, so many of the things that they had been struggling with, RJ, they were able to address and figure things out in this one. You get Maddie scoring his first goal, the penalty kill. I mean, there's just so much to talk about in this one. But I mean, probably got to start with the with the late last minute goal to to wrap it up in regulation. I know I, I did not see that coming. Honestly, I thought we were headed for overtime, you know, again. Uh, but no, the Kraken get it done in regulation. Oliver Bjorkstrand, fantastic play from start to finish on that. The pass to get it out net front and then finding that little spot in front of the net where there is no defenseman there to cover him and banging home that rebound. I mean, Bjorkstrand, you know, as has been pointed out, last time they were in Denver, he also had a couple goals, sealed a playoff series win, uh, and he gets it done again tonight for the Kraken. That's true. I thought about that too when that happened. I mean, this is, he just loves playing. What are you doing, you? Um, he, he must love playing in Colorado. I mean, oh man, there's so much fun and exciting stuff to talk about in this one. But of course, got to start with a thank you to Flatstick Pub for sponsoring this post game, just like they do for all the post games this season. You can check out one of their six incredible locations all throughout the state of Washington. And reminder for everybody, if you are on a cracking game day, go into the game pregame, you can go get 50% off games at their South Lake Union location or a dollar off beer at the end uh, and, and finish off the night right. Yeah, a lot, so much to get to. Going to start off with this light super chat. Thank you very much, Light. First game I've watched since Detroit, so I may be magic after my prediction for Shane. Maddie got it, and Bjorkstrand is 13 points in 14 games. Want to remind y'all, we got him for a third and a fourth. Let's go. I mean, look, Oliver Bjorkstrand has been on fire this year, RJ. He is the player that, you know, we, we were expecting when that deal was made. Yeah, that's exactly who we thought he'd be and who he showed he was in Columbus. And I mean, the fact that he was able to be had for that low of a price, a third and a fourth round pick, again, one of Ron Francis's best moves in his time as GM of the Kraken. And I mean, Bjorkstrand has just been showing up this year. We thought he might have some kind of positive regression there with the shooting percentage from last year, maybe not being as high as in past seasons over his career. And I mean, it's absolutely shown up this year. It's it, the luck is coming back to Oliver Bjorkstrand. And uh, I mean, he's just an offensive machine. Yeah, no, he absolutely is. He's, he's totally crushing it right now. He's been just unstoppable. And I think what's most in most impressive about it, RJ is he's, he's done it by being the guy who's moving all over the lineup too. Right. It's not like, oh, he's just playing, sticking in that spot on the Yanni Gord line and everything's kind of clicking for them as a group. Bjorkstrand's been the guy that Hackstall has moved up and down the lineup because he's been hot, because he's been playing well to try to kickstart all the other lines. And Bjorkstrand's been able to carry that momentum, carry that hot streak with him to each and every line. And that's really not something you see very often. That's that's pretty unusual, actually. So that's been something that's been super impressive for me. Beef with the super chat here. Let's go Kraken. Let the Avs squid rival uh, squid boys rivalry continue. It really did in this one, RJ, right? I mean, we got the the kind of fisticuffs between Byron and uh, Vince Dunn. You have the physical play. You have the close game, which is important for all of this, especially when you can kind of 
throw a dagger their way with 30 seconds left in a game. I feel like that's definitely something that'll help build a rivalry even more so than all the physical shenanigans going on in this one. Um, but yes, this this rivalry is really starting to turn into something, RJ. I mean, each and every matchup between these two teams is much must watch. Yeah, it's climbing the list, certainly, of you know the better rivalries in the NHL. I mean, there's just more and more hatred, I think, that's created every time these two teams face off against each other. So much was going on tonight, too. Vince Dunn in the middle of a lot of it. Uh, but, you know, Yanni Gord in there as well. And, uh, you know, Jared McCann, you know, taking a big hit. Like, there's a lot of nastiness going on between these two teams. But, man, it makes for some fun watching. Yeah, no, it absolutely does. I mean, it's just, it's, it's something. And then you throw in the dynamics of like, you know, having some young kids for the Kraken come in for this one and, and be a part of that energy and everything. And it's, it's really special. Schultz with the super chat here. Thank you very much. Bjorky ice in his veins needed youth to jumpstart the team. Unfortunately, it took injuries to get the shakeup. Dunn looked good. Beneers monkey gone. That is definitely true, RJ. I mean, Matty Beneers gets his first goal, and it was a beauty. It was. I mean, you saw the celebration, too, throwing the monkey off his back. And good to see that play work out for him, too. I'm glad it came in that way because, you know, that's the shot that he likes to do, right? Targeting that same spot. We talked about it last post game, where maybe I suggested he should vary his shot a little bit about trying to aim for some other areas. Uh, but Hey, what, you know, what do I know? Right. He pinpoints it just perfectly right over the pad under the glove and to see him have success kind of on his trademark shot trademark. Look, I think that means even more to him and watching the celebration too. You can kind of lip read. He says, finally, yes. uh, after scoring that goal. So, you know, that was huge for him. And he also had the, you know, getting rid of that monkey off his back on that one. Vince Dunn, though, I do want to talk about as well, because I thought this was Vince Dunn's best game of the season. I really did. I thought he was fantastic in this one. Um, and then, you know, of course, runs into that, you know, injury scare late. I guess we'll hear probably more of that. But Vince Dunn was just involved in a lot. I feel like him on the power play has also been evolving these last couple games. RJ looked better and better for me there. Um, I'm I'm really starting to see the Vince Dunn that we were kind of expecting after the year he had last year, maybe another slow start to this season, but he's really starting to come through. Yeah, and the decisive puck movement on that power play goal to get it over to Matty Beneers while he still had time and space. That's what we were hoping from for him last season that he just didn't bring enough of. And I think he's kind of starting to evolve his game there a little bit, which is what you're hoping when you give him that big extension. Definitely. Light with another super chat. Thank you very much, Light. Uh, Kraken are 7-2 and two in Denver all time. That is impressive. I mean, that's a tough building to win in, RJ, especially against this team, this group that the Avalanche have. That's a really nice record, though. It is. And I, since the Kraken have come into the league, Colorado has been a very good team that whole time. I mean, there's never been a, a slouch opponent from the Avs, you know, the whole time the Kraken have been in existence. So that's a great record. I think they just match up well against Colorado. And that's also one of the things that generates these rivalries, too, is when you have a team that just maybe isn't as skilled as the other team. I mean, look, the Avs just, you know, they won a cup. They're kind of juggernauts, right? But the Kraken, they just match up well against them. They give the Avs fits, and I think that drives a lot of frustration that kind of goes both ways. They absolutely do. Gregory with the Super Chat, Lemon Lime Gatorade time, baby. Gutsy, gutsy win. Bjorky owns Colorado in Denver. It's kind of fun, RJ, to have a member of the Kraken just really own a team the way Bjorkstrand's starting to. Yeah, and I love that it's him too, because 
this is a rivalry between the Kraken and the Avs, and it gets nasty, it gets physical, it, it gets really tough, and he's not usually the guy to be in the middle of that stuff. I mean, if you look, you know, he's he's got a pretty slight frame. He, he plays a peaceful style of hockey, right? Um, but he's always the one with the dagger. And, and I think that's really cool in a rivalry where there's, you know, a bunch of physicality and everything. He's off to the side, and then boom, the goal to kill you. Yeah, no, he, he really does. He's just so, so fantastic. Love it for him. Really happy for him, actually, after that season that he had last year. The struggles, especially the first half of the year. Really, really happy that he was able to start this one off so hot. Seth with the super chat here. 32.8 seconds of heart attack. I know, RJ. So Kraken get that go-ahead goal with the 32.8 seconds left on the clock. Uh, you get that from Bjorkstrand. But boy, the celebration was fairly short-lived because Colorado got to work. We talked about how skilled they were. You just did. Uh, they are dangerous. And and yeah, it was it was a tense little bit there to end the game. Lots of shot yeah, you, blocking. Yeah, you knew that push was coming. I mean, you expect nothing less from Colorado. But you know what? As as these games go, I actually wasn't that concerned. I don't I didn't feel that same worry that I usually do. I kind of felt like given the way the Kraken were blocking shots, keeping the abs to the outside, I kind of felt okay about it. Wow, that's interesting. I, I know was, it's unusual confidence nervous. for me. I'm, yes. I'm not the type, right? <laughs> um, I was I was nervous, um, but you know what? The guys in in this one, I mean, they they wanted this, and I feel like after what the last two three weeks, this team has had to endure RJ, where they've had a lot of games go to overtime, and yes, they've won a decent amount of them. But you know, you're coming off a shootout loss against Arizona. Um, it really felt like, look, they just wanted to take care of business in regulation, just get this thing done, go home, not have to worry about it, not have to go out there and try to control three on three or deal with that against the avalanche. And I think this is a real step forward for the Kraken for them to be able to close out a game in the 60 minutes, not have to go to overtime, not have to go to a shootout. It's something they have struggled with, but just like them struggling from losing in regulation and then getting to go the, go to overtime and start winning those games in overtime, I think maybe this is them taking that next step to just winning these games in regulation and kind of, you know, hopefully reaching their final form, which is just a team that beats good teams and they just get it done. <laughs> Yeah. Be nice. And that's the thing that, that separates teams is that killer instinct to get it done you know, in regulation when it really matters. Definitely. Cameron with the super chat here. Thoughts on the youngins missed most of the game. So curious to see here how they looked. I don't think you could have asked for a better start from these guys outside of like, you know, a first period hat trick or something. Um, they played fantastic, especially early on, RJ. Yeah, I'm glad you asked, Cameron, because, I mean, especially early on in this game, that first period was the best the fourth line has looked, I think, since Donato, Geeky, and Sprong left. Uh, they had the kind of speed, the kind of offensive chances they were generating, that firepower that just reminded me of last season. It's something we haven't seen from the Kraken a ton this year. The chemistry, I was surprised and impressed by the chemistry of those two guys with Devin Shore, who I, I don't think they'd really played together a ton before with you know Devin Shore just having joined the Kraken this year. Um, but it all just seemed to click and work together. Uh, they got less ice time as the game went on. I think they ended up, mm -hmm. you know, uh, winters in about seven minutes, right? Eight and a half minutes, you know, but in a close game like that, yeah, you're going to stack your lines. You're going to do that. But if you look at that shore right Winterton line, um, you know, only 0.033 expected goals against while they're on the ice. I mean, they just gave up nothing. Yeah, they they it looked a lot like a Matty Beniers line, right? In just that the play was always in the Colorado zone. 
right? Like they just were relentless when it came to that Ryan Winterton. I don't think anybody really expected. I mean, we talked about him uh, a little bit earlier, maybe with his slight frame, but he was using his body a lot. He was winning board battles or certainly engaging Colorado defenders in the offensive zone physically every shift each and every shift and he was really helping out the cycle game get going for that line which was how they were able to stay in the offensive zone so much limit chances the other way help tire out the colorado defenders for then when the line change did happen and the kraken get one of their uh big three lines on the ice so i i was really impressed by that from ryan winterton shane wright did what shane wright does right he shuts things down he keeps things from happening he's good through the neutral zone and then we're seeing this new look Shane Wright that he kind of had at dev camp and then it evolved in training camp in the preseason. And then we were starting to see it really take flight with the firebirds and that's him being just really aggressive in the offensive zone. RJ just diving into the slot whenever the crack can have it, whenever somebody's got a look that they can potentially pass it to the slot, he just dives right in there looking for that. And we saw that like just minutes into this game, he got an excellent look. Uh, on uh, just he was wide open skating through the slot. Great look for him. So I love to see that that aggressive nature from Shane Wright. We talked about it earlier today. We had the emergency pod. I was worried when they, you know, if I, I was okay with them putting him on the fourth line in a very defensive, you know, just shut things down kind of way. But to see him do that, but also in addition showcase that aggressiveness. I mean, this is this is the Shane Wright that the Kraken were drafting and hoping to develop this year. He's just like four months ahead of schedule. Yeah, I mean, he flipped the script, right? He turned it into a matchup problem. And I love the confidence too, driving to the net and drawing that penalty because that's something we saw from him in his time in Coachella Valley where he wasn't afraid against pros to just drive to the net because he's got that big frame that he can do that. And, you know, he ends up giving the Kraken a power play. Yeah. And then just all the passes to each other. I mean, they were, they were really, really fantastic. I would recommend if you did miss this game for anybody, um, go back and watch the first period and watch the shifts that that line had, because, you know, they got a lot of shifts in that first period. And I think that was because Hackstall recognized how well they were playing Sean with the super chat here. Here's a toast to those young guns setting the tone to start this one. I mean, really, we just talked about that RJ. It was, it was impressive. And I do feel like it was something that kind of helped out the Kraken in this one going up against a team as good as the abs. Yeah, it did. I mean, you need forward depth to match a team like the Avs. We saw it in the playoffs last year. And I think without that, the Kraken would have been in trouble. It does help set the tone. I think, you know, I think Sean has it absolutely right. Um, and uh, there was some point I was going to make. Oh, yeah. Ryan Winterton. We were concerned about him a little bit in the emergency pod today about I, I did ask you about kind of the size and the frame and the physicality and everything. I, he did not look slight of frame at all to me. I mean, he looked like he belonged there, you know, size wise. I'm not concerned in the slightest now. No, not at all. Uh, he's he's totally fine. And I was really happy to see him get a shot to be involved in plays. He was going to the net too, or he was passing net front each, you know, he did both. He looked really, really comfortable. It, it makes sense, right? Why they called him up. He didn't look out of place at all. Comic binge with a super chat. Veneers, aka the shadow. He's back, baby. Reference to the old pulp uh, superhero, the shadow there. Um, yeah, I mean, Maddie is back. Got Becca with the next super chat. Maddie goal. And we'll talk about it again, RJ. 
that's that's something that superstar players have to do, right? That if you're going to be a leader of a team, you're going to be a leader on the score sheet when then you're presented with an opportunity where an opposing team, especially on a power play, is going to give you time and space to walk in and choose your shot and, and let you do everything you're going to want to do. You absolutely have to capitalize on those opportunities. Maddie did with that goal. I know you mentioned the shot earlier. It was that same shot that we'd been kind of seeing from him. We were talking about him maybe needing to, to shake it up. I think it was important, though, that he was able to use that to get a goal. Again, still could probably shake it up from time to time, but it, it was really nice to see him score with it. Yeah, it was. I mean, just watching his reaction, I could go back and watch that reaction video just over and over again, his celebration. It's going to be huge for him. It's one that's going to lead like his, you know, TikTok highlight clips kind of thing, right? (laughs) Where before you get into the actual highlights, you show like him just getting pumped up and all that kind of stuff. That's going to be one of those things, right? As like a beat drops, it's going to be him (laughs) with just that emphatic two fist down kind of thing. Uh, It was really, really great to see from him. And then look on the, on the flip side of it. Also, you talked about how few opportunities the Avalanche had when the Shane Wright-Winterton line was out there. Matty Beneers with McCann and Yamamoto as well. You look at the expected goals for for them, 0.418. Expected goals against, 0.034. I mean, just incredible the way his lines just continue to drive things for in favor of the Kraken. Yeah, that's about a 90% share. Yeah, it's incredible. And it's just, he's again, it's only his second game playing with both of these guys on his wing, right? And you're already seeing that immediate like kind of chemistry there. Thought Yamamoto also had a good game on that one. Duthin, shout out for all the blocked shots. Alexiak, Dunn, and Tolvin, and all with some huge blocks. It, it, they were, Duthin. Thanks for the super chat. Thanks everybody for the super chats as they continue to just pour in here. Really appreciate it. <laughs> I, they they did, and they really helped things out because, you know, we talked about how chaotic that last 30 seconds was after the Bjorkstrand goal to take the lead. I mean, it was chaotic, but it was, it was also filled with shot blocks. And that's really the story of that because, look, the Avalanche were moving the puck, RJ. They were moving it at the perimeter. They were getting the looks that you could tell they wanted to get. And, you know, yes, Grubauer had been coming up big most of the night, when you can block those shots and they don't even have to get to Grubauer, that's even better. Yeah, because the abs, one of the things they like to do is they like to use their speed. They've got a lot of team speed to back up your defensemen, get down into those corners and work the puck back up to the points. They love to do that. That's how their uh, the tying goal was scored, right? With Nachushkin right in front, they worked yep. it back to the point and they had a clear lane to get that tip. If you let those shots go through, they're super dangerous. And so each one of those block shots is preventing something like that from happening. It's just something you have to do against this Colorado team. I, I agree. So it was it was fantastic. Definitely, you know, everybody will, will toast them, all that kind of stuff, because they really helped make this one happen. And like I said, help the Kraken take that next step forward, put this one away in regulation light. Winterton can take checks like a bank teller and can steal pucks like a master thief. I legit think Shane is who he needed this whole time. I was in Coachella Valley last night, RJ, wasn't able to see them. But one of the things uh, Coach Bausma talked about in reference to both of them and why they were getting this opportunity was they were clicking together and they were really starting to take off and they were really starting to drive everything for the Firebirds. The two of them together he singled out the San Jose Barracuda game as a game where they were just 
you know, the chemistry was clicking. They were going out there and then they were able just to lift the entire team with them and really be on ice leaders with their style of play with Shane's aggressiveness in the offensive zone with the puck and off the puck, Ryan Winterton, him getting into games, finding a rhythm, all of that good stuff. And yeah, it was on full display tonight. Yeah, no hesitation in his game either. I mean, that's just what I love to see because as a young player, there's kind of a couple ways you can you can go about things. You can try and play it safe and not make mistakes, and he just wasn't afraid. Um, and I think the Kraken needed some of that just given how their season had gone so far. And how impressive is it that he wasn't afraid? We talked about him, you know, how physical he was in this one. We've brought that up a couple of times. Uh, we've talked about his kind of lean frame right now because he is still young. He's only 20 years old. Um the fact that he's missed so much time, RJ, all these previous seasons with injuries, right? That's why he wasn't always around for dev camps for the Kraken in the offseason. He was recovering. He's missed a lot of time at the OHL level, not just because of COVID, but also because he's been dealing with injuries. For him to continue to play that physical, especially in his NHL debut against, you know, these are big guys that the Avalanche have on their back end, right? Like you go up against like a Manson, like he's not a little dude. He's a big, strong, physical guy. And for him to just go in there unafraid, like you said, after that injury history, that really tells me a lot about him as a player as well. Yeah, I, I mean, it, I can make anyone skittish going into the boards there. And also just great to see, on, one last thing on Winterton, great to see his parents there in yes. attendance, flying out real quick from Toronto, trying to get there for his first NHL game. Love to see the support. Always love to see the parents in the building. And you, you know they were happy after this one. Yep. Uh, from Justin Super Chat here. Where has the Lars Deep V been this season? I miss our fashion icon. That's right. I've got it on for this one. First time this season. Uh, the, the short answer is, and maybe this isn't a good answer. It's been really hot down here in Southern California. And so this is like a sweatshirt material and especially sitting here next to the computer. It's working hard on the live stream and everything. I can't have a fan on in the room because of the mic. It gets really hot doing these post game lives. I know you you go through this too, RJ. Yeah, uh, and so it just hadn't it, it hadn't really been cool enough for me to be able to to really do it without just sweating buckets uh, in front of everybody. But yes, it's back. It'll be worked into the rotation. And hey, great picture there, you with the pup. As I got my pup here too. <laughs> love oh, I love to see, to see that. that. <laughs> love to see that. All right, RJ. I mean, whoa. We've, I mean, we've talked about so many different aspects of this game, RJ. I'm going to go back up to chat just, just, to, just to quickly look and see just everybody fired up. Beef, Steve Dog, Lindsay, Comic Binge, James, Tammy, uh, absurdly sane, just George, everybody celebrating the dance party. Everybody's happy. Brittle glory, let's freaking go. And good game, Squidlets. Love to see stuff like that. I mean, it's this one was a really special one, RJ, and I think this is exactly the kind of game that the Kraken fan base needed in addition to the team itself. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I just after you know, these last couple games, the shootout frustration I had actually after that night, I had like nightmares about the shootout. I literally dreamed about shootout failures and trying to like pick shooters that were not real people and all this stuff. Like, I, I think this is something that was sorely needed, especially going into this stretch where you play Colorado twice and you play Edmonton twice just mm -hmm. to, to have that hope there, you know, against a really good opponent that you can bring your A game and now kind of feels opportunistic. Remember, this was supposed to be this doom stretch for the Kraken yeah. where you just got to try and get through a pick up some points but now hold on you beat Colorado in regulation you've got Edmonton twice coming up and as I check right now they're losing to the Sharks 2-1 at the second intermission like 
this just feels like opportunity now. I mean, this mm -hmm. feels like a real get right stretch for the Kraken potentially if they can make this work. It's certainly one of those things where, hey, look, you know, the opportunities in front of you, you know, if you're a good team, you go out there and you seize this and you make it happen. And that's what this felt like tonight with, like I said, the importance of getting it done in regulation, right? The, the game was close. You were getting chances. You were able to outwork the avalanche in their own zone. I mean, that's that is something I look at the deserved a winnow meter. It's 71 percent in favor of the Kraken. They were getting chances. We talked about both the right and Beneers line limiting what Colorado was able to do, um, which is always a really tough ask for, for anybody, um, even, even players as good as those guys are. Um, and, and this is, you know, this was them taking that step. This was them saying, Hey, look, no, we can be that team. And, and I love to see that from them. Lindsay, sorry, Belmar, but this was the first game all season. I was actually excited to see the fourth line out there. Um, yeah. You know, fourth liners generally not, uh, who everybody pays the money to go and see RJ when you go to a game. It's, it's usually not for the fourth line. Doesn't mean they're not important. Doesn't mean they don't play a big role in everything. Um, but yeah, I mean, this one was definitely like a must watch. You were kind of waiting for those couple shifts each period that they could get out there. I mean, there's just a different element to it. And again, you know, nothing against Pierre-Edouard Belmar. He does what he does really well, but uh, I think this team is just different. They've got a different swagger about them when they have that kind of skill on the fourth line. And it, it again, it's just not Belmar's game. The other thing too, and I, you know, I, I don't want to belabor this because I, I think I respect what Belmar brings, but mm -hmm. the PK looked a lot better and, you know, changing up one of the members of the PK might help with that. Um, you know, just, just having someone who's maybe a little bit faster out there. I didn't see what their like face-offs were maybe shorthanded or, you know, they were able to still keep up those numbers, but, I got to say the PK looked better too. It did look better. And I, I was glad that you kind of started off mentioning the, the speed factor because I feel like that was a big part of it, right? We weren't seeing the conservative look that we had been seeing from the Kraken PK that was really, you know, doing them in for being honest, as we talked about things so much, we saw them try to be more aggressive. We saw a power kill RJ for a shift with Yanni Gord out there, really just pushing things down the ice um, and, and the defenseman getting involved in that as well. It really was. And I'm sure it's, it's not just like, Oh, he's gone. And now the PK is good. Right. They knew the PK was struggling. We all knew the PK was struggling. I'm sure they spent time yesterday working on it, morning skate, all that kind of stuff, really spending time as a group, looking at things, trying to figure out ways of making it better, what they need to do. Um, but the bottom line is you held Colorado to 0-3 on the power play, right? This was the game that the PK needed to build off of this, gain some confidence, get back in it. And you're talking about a one-goal game, RJ. It's the difference, right? This is the difference between, you know, you having, you know, other teams scoring at a 50% rate for the last week and a half and them not scoring at all when you do take a penalty. It's, it's, it is the difference of wins and losses sometimes. And, and it's really great to see that from the crack in there. Um, that Sully from Bjorky was smooth, baby, from Casey was. It was a good one, too. We talked about the, the Maddie one, but that one was good. Beef, Yamamoto was poking pucks all night. You love to see it. I'm really liking him up on Maddie's line, RJ. I know I could call it the first line. It's all, you know, each night there's a different yeah. first line as far as ice time's concerned. By ice time, but, they were actually the first line tonight. They were, though, because they were playing really, really well, right? We talked about them dominating things at almost 90%, right, when it comes to expected goals percentage. But a lot of that is I really like Yamamoto out there 
the way that he is able to kind of, you know, get get net front despite his size and suck in defenders, give more time and space to Matty Beniers or give more time and space to a Jared McCann. Very important there. I'm really, really liking that. Yeah, I mean, he's the kind of guy who just gives time and space to his line mates there and allows them the cre- the space to kind of be creative and set up plays. That, I mean, it just makes me wonder, like, how could this guy not work out with like a McDavid or a Dreisaitl? How did that go wrong in Edmonton? I'm sure it's Edmonton reasons because the Oilers can find ways to screw up yeah. anything, it seems, as they're losing to the Sharks here in second intermission. Um, but yeah, I mean, it just kind of baffles me when I think about it. Yeah, it is. It's it's really, really great. And I'm really, really happy for him too. you know, just given the situation, the offseason that led him to be available for the Kraken. I think that's a big deal as well. You know, it's it's important to remember that as as well. Christian, too many unnecessary penalties for my liking, but happy we got a win without going into overtime. And how about that Firebird boys line? Um, yeah, we did talk about it, RJ, right? Kraken are able to be perfect on the PK. But they did take three penalties, which is more than they had been taking, despite the fact that they were really getting killed by power, you know, opposing teams power plays. Um, This is more than we were used to seeing from them. And yeah, a couple of them were not great penalties for the Kraken to be taking. Yeah, I mean, at certain times, I think they were lucky not to get burned. You know, I think of the, especially late in the game, the Schwartz retaliation penalty there where like from a guy who knows better, from a guy who really often knows better and it's it's not like him, but you do have to clean those things up because eventually they will cost you. Definitely. And then we saw um, Vince Dunn kind of get into things there. Also, didn't get the fighting major, just just roughing. It was just rough. That, that was kind of odd. Yeah, they, I think it's off. yeah, they they wanted to give Colorado the extra two. I guess you can call it a fight and still give them the extra two. I don't know yeah. why they didn't do that. It was very strange. Very few times will you yeah. see guys trading punches like that, checking the gloves as fast as they did and only yeah. get roughing. Uh, you see the uh, super chat from DJ Singletone? Oh, no, I did not. Go ahead. Here, I got it. Uh, super chat from DJ Singletone. Thank you very much. Uh, Maddie, nine for 15 on faceoffs. Wenberg, seven of 21. Yikes. Well, Dylan, I think you would want to support this, right? I, I given your theory. I okay. I thought about bringing it up. I didn't want to bring it up and just continue to do the same old shtick that I always do. But the bottom line is, yes, I noticed the fact that the Kraken lost the faceoff battle, but they won the war, which was the game. And uh, you know, Maddie, he was feeling things tonight. Goes out there, gets the sixty percent faceoffs. He's getting shots. He's driving possession. All that good stuff. So you know, somebody had to pick up that slack and make sure that the Kraken weren't going to be ahead when it came to faceoffs. Yeah, I mean Simple that's that. uh, get got to play your role, right? Yes. Also, I just I just want to point this out because I see it down here in chat. Rebecca checking in from second intermission at the Shark Tank. That must be a fun one. Uh, Rebecca, let us know how the pre scouts going for the Kraken's next opponent. They play Edmonton next. Mm-hmm. Uh, it could be very interesting. I'm I'm just so excited for these two games against Edmonton coming up. Given given the the dumpster fire they are right now, given the drama in the Edmonton media. I know I'm not, I I don't want to go in too much on it, but like, it's going to be entertaining. There was, there was things like that said before the Calgary game. I'm just, all right, fair enough. It's still Connor McDavid, right? We've watched him and dry sidle just, decimate us i'm i'm all right well maybe you couldn't figure out where i was going with this but i was i was gonna say also i'm excited to watch the second of those two games on the 15th with everybody for our live commentary with the patrons uh you know with the terror the deep level patrons so that's that's where i was going with that trying to you know do the sneaky plug for the patreon here Uh, although i guess i can't get too excited it's Connor mcdavid right 
No, no, you did. You had the right thought. Uh, that's on me. I, I wrecked that. I'll make up for it by saying we are dropping a new red glare over on the Patreon. There's a link in the description below tomorrow morning. And that is we cover all the other teams in the Pacific Division. We talk about how they're doing, what's going on with them. Are they legit? Are they not? You actually get to hear us disagree a fair amount on this one, which is unusual, <laughs> but I know people enjoy. So there you go, everybody. You can go and check that out at the Patreon link in the description below. Tell us which one of us right about Vancouver. That is definitely <laughs> where we got the most heated on things. Definitely. Uh, the basics. My dog is having surgery tomorrow. Wish us luck. Of course. Definitely. Wish you luck. Wish wish your pup luck. Uh, hope everything's all right there. Coop, crazy game. I don't know if our PK actually was good or Colorado was just out of sorts on the power play. Lol. Maybe a little column A, little column B. I know we talked about it already. Ready? I think I think the Kraken were just good on this one, RJ. I yeah, really no, do. I think they were aggressive. They were keeping the abs on their heels. Like that's it's the power kill type of stuff we hadn't seen from the PK previously. Also, I like Jake Admiral Akbar has entered the chat. Yes. <laughs> Lindsay, thanks a lot, RJ. They're going to lose six five now with hat tricks uh, from McDavid and Drysaddle. <laughs> Sorry, everyone. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you know, we don't know. We kept, we thought this was going to be the bounce back game for the Oilers and it hasn't been so far. So, you know, maybe they are just really the bottom has just fallen out completely for them. Uh, Dalek, a lot of those penalties were to placate the Denver crowd. In my opinion, Alexiak made short work of that Avs player. I mean, that was a really tough situation. It, it, you know, it kind of touches on a little bit what we had talked about after that um arizona game just in the fact that look jamie alexiak's a big dude right he is strong and and so he you know i don't think he did anything in this one that was dirty there's a reason i i think the penalty wasn't called do you think the penalty that was called on larson just a, a little bit later was a little bit of a makeup call though rj because a, li a little maybe. bit yeah i mean i know i know certainly after that play you know the abs were looking for a call there that is how those things tend to go but yeah unfortunate situation really hope lekkonen's okay because you, you hate yeah. to see a guy go to the boards like that oh yeah it was really really rough um Christian, this was the most satisfying win so far this season. I mean, it was, it, it had everything, right, RJ? It was like the first time where it wasn't like, you know, I don't want to say escaped with a win or like, oh, we held on or whatever. I mean, I think that Detroit finish was still exciting because you tie it up with about a minute left and then you win it with just five seconds left in overtime. But but like I said, there is, I'm just going to keep coming back to it. I know I probably sound like a broken record and everybody's tired of hearing it, something to like kind of finally being able just to finish off a team in regulation. It's just been such a story for this Kraken team going back to the, the previous road trip where it was just every game was destined for overtime, except for the weird Florida bounce where it didn't go to overtime that one. But you were looking at the Kraken playing like five straight games that were basically sh or should have been overtime games. And then you start this road trip off with what happens in Arizona. And, you know, I think it was really important for them just to be like, hey, you know what, let's actually take care of business in this one and go home early. Yeah, I mean, that that's huge because it's so emotionally taxing too. you know, playing all those overtime games, having all those go the distance and just I love seeing them be rewarded this way for a full 60 minute effort. And yep. that's something the Kraken have maybe struggled to put together at times this season is that full 60 minute effort. But it had to be a 60 minute effort against the abs. If you let up for even five minutes in this game, they're going to bury you. That's yeah. what this team is. And I, they just kept that energy level high the entire game. A lot of the time, it kind of reminded me of one of those playoff games from their seven-game series mm -hmm. last year where the energy level was just high the entire time. The focus level was high the entire yes. time. You couldn't let your guard down. 
it, it could have been game eight of that playoff series. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have noticed the difference. Yeah, no, it was. It had that intensity, the physicality, all of that good stuff. That's great, great analysis. I love that. Um, Lindsay Bjorky, two goals on two shots. How's that for shooting percentage? I'm bad at math. Um, I'm worse at math, Lindsay. So you're definitely asking the wrong person <laughs> if you're asking me. I will say this. Seattle, look, they have room to grow when it comes to shooting percentage. Big overcorrection from how good their shooting percentage was last year, RJ, as they're currently sitting fifth lowest in the National Hockey League at 8.3% coming into this game. I will point out, though, below them, RJ, three of the four teams below the Kraken when it came to shooting percentage entering today, also Pacific Division teams. You got both Alberta teams and the Sharks. uh, Vancouver just stole it from everybody else in the division, I guess. I guess so. Yeah. Well, I mean, well, that's unfortunate because it sounds like they're not going to give it back. Right, Dylan? Yeah. I, I got to listen to the red it. We, <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Don't start. Don't start. Um, Schwartz on an eight game point streak from Justin. That is something we haven't touched on yet. RJ Jaden Schwartz just continuing to be that guy for this team. We talked about Bjorkstrand turning into the player that they were hoping they were going. They acquired last year in the trade. Jaden Schwartz, one of those first free agent signings for this team, that first summer of their, you know, existence being a a club, you know, an entity that could have players. Uh, He was part of that group that Ron Francis brought in, bringing him in for leadership, bringing him in for what he can do on the ice, RJ. And, And yeah, I mean, I believe they said on the broadcast, this ties his career longest streak, right? Yeah, I believe that's true. But again, the way this team is constructed, you need somebody at given points in the season to step up and be that guy. Because right now, Jaden Schwartz on this eight game point streak, he's scoring like a star player. And Mm -hmm. you need it doesn't need to be the same guy all season. It really can't be the same guy all season. But in different stretches and different like seven, eight game stretches, you need somebody to step up and just be that guy for a little bit. And Jaden Schwartz is doing his part right now. And if he's not, the Kraken have, you know, it looks very bad, I think, over these last few games for the Kraken. You know, you just it takes somebody new every time uh, and good to see him doing his part, you know, uh, you know, knock on wood, you know, staying healthy. But like, you know, it, it's just good to see him doing his thing because he can be a really good player, even dominant at times with the way his game goes. We just didn't get to see it a ton in the first season, saw it a little bit more last year. And, you know, if he can just stay healthy, stay in the lineup and and play the style he does, like he adds an element that very few other players on the Kraken bring. Yeah, it is kind of interesting, right? I mean, both him and Bjorkstrand were not themselves last year for, for various reasons for, for each of them. Um, they weren't really themselves, despite the fact that the team was you know winning by committee and, and doing all of that stuff. And what we're seeing from both of them this year is, is the kind of players that they can be. And so then you start thinking, okay, McCann's scoring at a high rate. Bjorkstrand's on, you know, totally on fire. Schwartz is definitely on fire and he's doing it maybe a little more under the radar. If Matty Beniers gets going, if some of these other guys on the team that have had um, a slower start to the season, Vince Dunn, if he keeps building off of this momentum he's working on right now, you could really see this team really vault right back into that, you know, hey, we could be one of the top three teams in this division. We're going to be rock solid in a wild card spot. We're going to be competitive each and every night kind of position just because, I mean, it's almost like you're adding those guys to the group that you had last year just because of you know what they had to deal with yeah 
All right, Kyle, it's really is incredible that the Russ trade and the this Avs rivalry deepened at the exact same time. So fun sports hating them. It is kind of weird how that sometimes happens for markets, isn't it, RJ? Yeah, it is funny how that works. Uh, do you think there's something to this from Justin, RJ? Maybe constantly shuffling the lines is the secret for this team. It seems like we switch it up, do well for a couple games, then struggle again. Do you think there is something to that, RJ? Is this just one of those groups? And this happens from time to time for teams where they need different looks to kind of keep things fresh, keep them in that place where, okay, I've got to be on it tonight, or I'm I'm really trying to work with this guy and build chemistry here. I, I don't know about that because if you asked me that at the end of last season, I'd be absolutely not. Like this team thrives from consistency, having the same guys together, building that chemistry. Um, but, uh, you know, they have benefited at times from that this season. A lot of it's been out of necessity, I think. Mm-hmm. You know, just, just having to move guys around and, and having guys in and out of the lineup. I, I don't know. Yeah, I'll, I'll get back to you later on that. I'm just okay. I just I, I don't know. I, 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 any I, any insight from you, Dylan? I, I'm no, not being helpful like I, here. What do you no, think? No, like I said, right? Like sometimes you do get those weird teams where you see them really shuffle things up all year long and it does feel like they're just kind of flying by the seat of their pants and they're just trying to keep it all together and it looks super messy from the outside, but then you'll hear them talk at the end of the year or whatever. Or the story will come out in somebody's book 15 years after the fact and it was like, they knew exactly what they were doing. Like everybody was on the same page internally about how they were going to work things, how they were going to do that. I'm not saying that's what's going on here, but I could see it turn into one of those situations where, yeah, you are just kind of constantly throwing things into the blender and, and, you know, for whatever reason it works for you, right? It keeps people in that zone. It keeps them in that rhythm. It keeps guys hot that they're playing with different players. We've seen that from McCann. We've seen that with Bjorkstrand, seen that with all of these guys, it was Schwartz. I mean, he's, they're scoring with different line mates. It's not normal, but it looks sustainable given it's not like, oh, they're shooting at 50% or something crazy, right? So I, I, I think maybe they are just one of those weird teams where it just happens that way sometimes. Um, I'm going to combine two here. Uh, first one from Tammy, Vince Dunn last two games, night and day. And then this other one from Sean, defense with five points tonight. This is part of the Hackstall system, right? Going way, way, way back, right? Talking about the first season with the with the Kraken. It's, it wants to involve defensemen in, in plays offensively, whether that's them activating and coming lower into the offensive zone. I feel like what the Kraken are doing right now, RJ, isn't so much that, right? We're, we haven't seen like the Will Borgen set play in a long time. Um, but w- what we're seeing is them incorporate the defensemen when they're in, in their cycle. Right. We're not seeing them cycle down low below the goal line, trying to do like that pseudo triangle type thing that they really have tried to do on and off throughout Dave Haxtell's tenure here. What we're seeing them do is, hey, send it back to the point and let our guys either take a shot or find somebody in the slot or off to the side who's in a, in a ready to shoot position. And I feel like that is really working for them. And I feel like it is better for them as far as retaining possession. Yeah, and I think it's a little bit lower risk, too, as far as not having guys down that deep in the zone. Although, you know, I love the activating D sometimes on the rush. When they make the right read, it looks so good. Yes. And and I think the Bjorkstrand, the first Bjorkstrand goal really highlights that with Jamie Alexiak just seamlessly jumping into the play where there's no hesitation because he knows that's kind of a chaotic play. He can pick up the loose puck and go find somebody, and they have numbers. Like, it just looks really nice when it works out. 
Mm-hmm. Definitely. I, I think it looks fantastic. I think the way they're playing right now is the way that they should be playing. I think it just looks like it works for everybody. And especially if you are going to be having your lines thrown in that blender, right? It, it helps to have a really solid system that everybody can be on the same page with each other, you know, without having had played, you know, 2000 minutes or something together with each other. Previously, you're seeing lines um, just, you know, have chemistry 10, 15 minutes into their existence. And I think a large portion of that is because the team, everybody on it just feels so comfortable within that system. And I think that's really important. It's something that, you know, you go back to season one, right? For obvious reasons, they weren't comfortable in the system because they were all being thrown together and the system was new, all that kind of stuff. This is where you start seeing that, you know, not patience, but but that continued, there's a word I'm looking for, but when you play for the same guy for three years, you learn what he wants from you. That's that's mm-hmm. what I'm trying to say. <laughs> Shame the season abs rivalry ends on Monday. Let's be honest. We should be eating them on uh, January 1st um, in the winter classic is, is what Sean's going for there. Yeah. I mean, it is kind of, it does feel bad. Like these games are so entertaining. RJ. It does kind of feel bad that like the last one's on Monday until potentially the playoffs. I know, I know shame. They're, they're not in division. You know, it'd just be, it'd be so fun to play them more often as, as much as, you know, there are a good team. Maybe you don't, but like, look, the crack could do well against them. That would be fun on the winter classic ice to play against them. Although those games are always a little wonky and I feel like you wouldn't see the, the full potential of, of the crack and mm-hmm. abs type game. Cause you'd have all the other stuff going on. Yeah. Well, Viren, I like this one. That sure was an abs game. Always close, never, ever comfortable, but a satisfying win. It pretty much sums them up pretty perfectly there, yep. uh, I would say. Sean, uh, different Sean, I think. Uh, Tolvanen could have had two or three tonight. He seemed to contribute to a lot of great stuff. This was a game I was just kind of waiting for Tolvanen to score, RJ, it felt like, right? It felt like it was his night. Uh, wasn't able to get one going, but, you know, he's he's playing well, too. I mean, there's just so, everybody's playing well in this one. They, they look great. Yeah, and he was around a ton of offense too. I mean, he, like that on that final goal, he's the one kind of jamming that puck toward the net, creating the rebound for Bjorkstrand, being in the right spot. You know, he's doing all the right things. Mm-hmm. Oh, definitely. Daniel pointing out we've got as many regulation wins as Toronto. So there you go. It's a, they're, they're a team that can finish, but make can't make a save. Where a team that can make a save, not always finish. Uh, the same. <laughs> Everything equals out in today's NHL in a salary cap world, right? Uh, James, way under all the positives of the night, they still blew a two-goal lead. That they did. Yep. Um, We've now mentioned it. We can move on. Oh, man. Uh, Coop, I don't think it's up to debate anymore that teams are taking liberties with McCann. It's every game now. I know someone gave that guy a light bump after, but I really feel like something has to change. We did see that again tonight, RJ. It was early on in the first period. And again, it was kind of like, I think McCann was the guy to give him a bump later on. Like he had to (laughs) kind of stand up for himself again, but it does seem to be just pretty blatantly obvious that he is being targeted. Yeah, he's got a target on his back. And I know that's something where yeah, I talked with uh, Brian Dumoulin on, on the podcast last week. And you know, he he did not disagree with that assessment that he had a target on his back. Um, that's something that the team knows they kind of acknowledge and they've got to do a better job of dealing with that. Um, yeah, I mean, right after that hit, I, I just I don't like the angle of attack on that hit. It, you know, thankfully, McCann was OK, but certainly the way he's coming across the body. It, 
you know, an inch or two the other way and he just makes head contact and you have another really bad hit. Also, he could fall onto the boards on that spot on the ice. It's it's dangerous. You know, the, the yeah. result and result wasn't too bad, but it's dangerous. It's the kind of thing you want to send a message that, yeah, you can't just feel free to do that. And so then you have Alexiak kind of give him a light little bump afterward. Um, but not, I mean, he might as well have just been like kind of finishing a check. I don't know if that was even intentional. And then you do have Yanni Gord though, to his credit, yeah. uh, in the next period, go up and get in O'Connor's face and was saying something to him. And, um, you know, on their way to the bench, the rest of, you know, all right, stop. That's enough. But he was getting in his face afterwards and kind of gave him a shove really unprompted otherwise. So I think that must be what it was about. Definitely. Uh, Sarah, having two shots on goal in the first 15 minutes of the third had me a bit worried. Very glad they were able to get back momentum even after the Nachushkin goal. This is what I'm talking about. Like this, this is one of those things where if the Kraken do go on a run, which I think they have the chance to, and we obviously all hope they do. Um, this is one of those games where you really look back and, and that could be a sequence where it's like, hey, that's that's where things change because momentum has been something the crap could have struggled with a lot, whether it's taking a penalty and then giving up a power play goal or just coming out flat in a second period, RJ, which was something we didn't see tonight from them, uh, which was really, really nice and refreshing to see from this Seattle Kraken squad. I think this is the game that we would all look back to and say they figured it out. Yeah, and the responses I liked to all three goals, the response shift right after all three goals that they allowed, I thought was impressive too. I mean, you don't want to come out and give up another weak shift, give Colorado a chance to double down on that momentum, and I think they really didn't let them do that. Yep, Dexter, 140 people in here like the stream, please. Thank you very much, Dexter. Sean, the future is bright, family. I love it, definitely. And then B, Wright was on the power play for a bit, which I thought was cool. That whole fourth line just clicked really well. Winterton especially just looked great all through the first. That is something we haven't talked about with Shane Wright, RJ. We talked about how great the kids looked in this one and all that fun stuff. He did get some power play time on that second unit. That was something that surprised me. I don't know about you. No, I wasn't expecting that, uh, certainly for me to get any power play time. I know Haxtall has been careful about the different situations that he wants to to put on Shane's plate there. But yeah, he gets, I'm just checking, a minute 24 power play time. Um, and you look, we know that's an area that he can perform in. He's got plenty of experience on the power play yep. in his hockey career generally. Um, but I think that speaks to the trust that Haxtall has in him and, and wanting to kind of get him into those situations that can help build that confidence. Yeah, no, I, I'm really, really intrigued to see how they can continue and, and how they can build off of this performance because it was a really good like jumping off point, uh, both for Wright to get his feet you know wet again in the NHL and obviously for Winterton to make his debut. This was a really solid game, going to yeah. give them a lot of stuff to build off of. And and with Eberly out too, it does open up a spot on the power play. Like you do have one more spot there. You've got to fill it with somebody. And I like that they looked Shane's way. Definitely. Books fear. I think I saw you at the Coyotes game. So nice to see Maddie get the goal. Definitely. And yes, come come by and say hi at those Coyote games, by the way. Like it's it's totally fine. You're not going to bother me. Love seeing everybody. Love seeing everybody that I was able to talk with uh, at that game. Um, Bjorky has to get the hat just for the game winning goal from Schultz. Uh, yeah. I mean, do we know who who's gotten it? I know we're 50 minutes uh, into this. No, I don't know yet. I don't see anything that's been posted yet about the hat. Um, although I, I will add this little tidbit that I'm seeing reported from the uh, the post game scrums and everything about Ryan Winterton deciding to you know go no bucket in his warm up uh, mm -hmm. tonight you know for his first NHL game and apparently I guess the the decision you know like why why why'd you decide to do that uh, decision was made because he said I go to my stall and there's no helmet there. Well, that'll so, do it. <laughs> 
<laughs> somebody somebody was helping uh, uh given a give him a little push in that direction it sounds like um ricky the speed of the young guns was very impressive completely different look for this team it was i mean we talked about the physical play from ryan winterton but yeah i mean they were they were dumping and chasing devin shore i feel like that's something that we haven't talked a lot about with him this year rj how many breakaways or odd man rushes has he been a part of it's not something i always thought of for his game maybe i just didn't watch him enough but it's certainly been a thing it has i i did not know he had that in his bag honestly i i, I feel bad i still you know sometimes confuse like what i know of him from from drew shore um but uh yeah no i he's impressed me like with the offensive ability i did not know that he was able to do that kind of stuff and especially putting himself in those positions a lot of guys who are playing fourth line minutes you know they they don't think to kind of jump up in the play there as the puck comes mm -hmm. out of their own zone like i think of the the play where shane wright wins a battle down uh, on Low, like, behind yeah. his own net in that corner right gets it to the defenseman who gets it out to ryan winterton and by the time winterton has the puck shore's already streaking up the ice and he's there with a the perfect angle for a breakaway pass like most fourth liners don't think like that and act that proactively but i mean credit to shore for doing that Oh, definitely. And it's not the first time we've seen it either. Uh, I will say you're going to get all these breakaways. Got to learn how to finish in, in, on them. I mean, he uh, had a really pretty finish, though, on, did, on the one did. goal of the season. Look, I was just going to say tried look, that move again tonight on that look, play. And look, he's not alone on this team, right? We've all watched them in shootouts. OK, so I'm just saying when they do shootout drills, make sure Shore's a part of it so that he can work on that, too, a little bit. Yeah, he, he uh, is. He is. Got to ask Lars for help, though. Ask him for some advice. That is true. Lars just needs to hold like a, a clinic, RJ, on one of their off days or something where he just brings everybody out to KCI, uh, has like, you know, the best junior Kraken players, show them all how it's done or something like that. Uh, <laughs> uh, Harvey, gotta love this game. Be hard hidden. Uh, we for sure have a rival. Love that it wasn't a forced rival like Vancouver or Vegas. This was made in the playoffs. It was. I mean, it took a little while to get to the playoffs for the first time there, RJ. Two whole seasons. Uh, but you know what? It paid off right away, right? First ever playoff series. You've got this rivalry going and, and it is just a lot of fun. It, it feels like it completes the, you know, hockey team experience. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I like that it's not one of those forced rivalries too. Even if stuff did happen organically a little bit, you'd always wonder like, okay, well, this was kind of supposed to be the rival. How much is that? How much is, you know, what's actually happened on the ice? There's no wondering with this. Nobody predicted the avalanche from the start. It, it's truly organic. Yes. Uh, Edward Coy Coyotes were just too wily. Oh, it reminded me of the terrible news about the Wiley Coyote uh, movie that came out today. Uh, but uh, getting canned and it's not going to be seen. Oh, that's a bummer. Uh, Greg Wyshynski was going on about it. Uh, William, my only problem with the game is the Avalanche seemed to have far more net front presence. That is true, RJ. I mean, the, the Avalanche are really good at that. We saw them pick up a goal from it. Uh, Nathan McKinnon, of all people, kind of left alone over there. Maybe not the, the greatest thing in the world to do that. Um, but I will say this. That's one of those things that when like when we were talking about Yamamoto, he kind of brings to this team is, is he has that. We saw from Shane Wright kind of making a power move at some point in this game. I feel like the Kraken do have those pieces, and we're starting to see them put in a position to, to showcase it a little bit. Yeah, I think it's something that, you know, in a way they wanted to address after last season when that was missing or some of the guys like Ryan Donato who will make those power moves and live at the net, you know, went elsewhere. Uh, and it's good to see those guys stepping up like Kyle Yamamoto, I think, is just like designed, you know, that acquisition is designed for that to fill that Donato spot and good to see him doing that job. 
I like this from Daniel. Every Kraken prospect needs to make their debut in Denver. So from Ty Cartier, the playoffs last year, RJ, Ryan Winterton tonight. It's not a bad idea. I mean, it does seem to lead to good results for the young guys. Yeah, I time it that way. You know, if you have a road game against the Avalanche, although I guess what that was it for this season tonight. Yeah, it it was. So. All right, no more prospects get to make their NHL debut. Sorry, should have called up Riker Evans for this one, I guess. I guess so, yeah. Uh, uh, Casey confirming they were more aggressive on the PK. We talked about that earlier. Um, Yeah, we needed this win badly from Joey. I mean, yeah, it does feel like the Kraken, you know, they needed to beat a good team. They needed a regulation win. They needed two points too, right? Like they are still in that kind of, you know, uh, you're not doomed, right? You didn't enter November really, you know, out of it. Uh, but at the same time, Thanksgiving's getting close. You want to make sure you're in a playoff spot for that. Yeah, no, it's an important milestone standings wise for sure. Uh, Dylan, can I go to a comment that's a little yes, further down yes, in chat here? Just because it. It, it opens up something we haven't really talked uh-huh. about tonight, but I think we should. Uh, this is from Coop. I'm just so glad we're finally past talking about our goalies being the reason we lost. That was such a frustrating chapter. I'm so glad we turned the page on. But I realize we haven't really talked about Philip Grubauer a ton yep. tonight. Probably, I feel like it's because we just expect this out of him against yeah. the Avalanche. We just think, okay, yeah, that's what he's going to bring. He's going to make the timely saves. He's going to do what he needs to do. But again, another solid game for him in Colorado. I was going to say, even just saying that about the Avalanche is maybe selling him a little short, just given how both him and Joey have played this year. Like we just expect the Kraken goaltenders to, you know, do what they need to do, make the saves they need to make. Right. And this was another example of that. And yes, I mean, it, it definitely deserves being talked about and it, it is really, really nice. And, you know, we talk about how we're happy, the opportunities for, you know, a, uh, uh, Bjorkstrand or Schwartz after last season, Yamamoto coming in and getting the opportunity on a top line that he's getting here. But really, I mean, you, you got to always come back to Philip Grubauer, especially, right? Just like with Jaden Schwartz, one of those free agent acquisitions brought in to anchor this crease, really, right? He was brought in to be the guy and um, things didn't start the way that they should have. And, and that's really tough when you're going to a new team, especially a team that hasn't existed before. And you are the first, the guy that they have had. And then you have a historically bad season that just, there's no precedent for, from anybody. Um, That's got to be really, really tough on somebody. And for him to battle back through that and then enter last year, start to look good, then get injured, have to battle through the injury, have to battle through the fact that the other guy's getting all the goal support, right? Just for him to be able to finally, be in a position where he can be the guy that he was brought in to be. And we're seeing him be that night after night after night to the point where we're not even acknowledging it anymore. Uh, that's It's been a really, really special journey. I'm not sure that there's been any other journey with one specific player quite like it for the Kraken RJ, as far as, you know, us just following it and getting to this place where it's just like, you know, it's almost like, in a weird way, like you, you raise somebody up and now you're like, all right, you're good. You're on your own. <laughs> like, you know, no. we're, we're focused on something else. You're good. <laughs> yeah. No, as Coop adds here, what an exciting new reality. It really is, though. It's a, But it's a reality that uh, I'm definitely glad for the Kraken to have. Um, I mean, there's just chat going on forever uh, in this one. <laughs> definitely not going to be able to get to it as we kind of close things out here. Is there anything else that anybody that we haven't talked about, everybody, that you would like? You can throw it in at the bottom of chat here. I see everybody's posting that the Sharks are up now 3-1 over the Oilers. 
Um, I'll, I'll go ahead and make this a last call for any of the things we haven't talked about. Is there anything you want to talk about, RJ, that we haven't? Um, let's see. I mean, there's so many moments from this game. I'm just trying to kind of remember them all that, you know, the ones that stood out to me. Um, gosh, let's see. I don't know. I'm enjoying some of these comments here that'll be left here, you know, about Grubauer and everything. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, I, 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 I got nothing for now. Uh, I'm with Tammy. I did like Gru's purple helmet. I, I always love when he breaks that one out. RJ, it looks beautiful like it looks really yep. really good love the hockey fights and i love that he wears it in games too a lot of goalies will do just kind of a limited thing they'll wear in practice yep. then auction off but no grubauer wears it in games usually at least last year was for the whole month you know that's that's real commitment to it yeah no it's it definitely it's it's absolutely fantastic um see this from joshua can you explain how the schwartz penalty wipes out the second part of the double minor and gives colorado a power play yeah so um basically with the double minor because there was also a minor to, um, was it Vince Dunn? Yeah. Vince Dunn, yes, who was involved Dunn. in that altercation. Right. So those two kind of cancel out. So you have the two minute power play for the Kraken because of that extra minor there. And so the Kraken were, I believe like a minute and a half in to yeah. that power play or so. So they're already on the power play and then you have, uh, the Schwartz penalty. And so what that does is now it's four on four for the 32 seconds, kind of the same way as if there was just one penalty originally called. And then abs go on to the power play for the remainder of that two minutes. Once their guy comes out of the box. Yep. There you go. Good, good explanation there. Love it. Um, Yanni still wearing the neck guard is good to see more than a, a token one night thing from coop there. Yep. Rihanna's still got it on. I noticed that the Arizona game as well. Um, Daniel, do we run shorter shifts in Denver due to elevation? Maybe we should run shorter shifts all the time. I don't think that they do. Uh, we talked about this a lot last year during the, the postseason. What we've heard is that actually, if you just go into Denver for one game, it's not so bad. The elevation doesn't really get you. It's that when you have to go multiple days that that elevation that it starts to wear on you. And so it's actually much more of a problem in the postseason because you'll play one game, have an off day, then you got to play another one. And now you've been in Denver, Denver maybe four nights, right? And it starts to really add up on you. And so that second game can be a lot worse. But what we heard was on these, you know, just kind of one-off trips in out, the guys are still pretty good and it, it doesn't seem to affect them. And I didn't notice shorter shifts tonight from, from anybody. No, I didn't actually the Kraken happened to get caught for a few long shifts yeah. unintentionally, but uh, yeah, no, I didn't notice that. Yeah. Uh, and Hey, the way the Kraken are able to hold things in the offensive zone, they, they're able to, you know, make, make all the long shifts on the other team. And that's, that's really fun to see yeah. there. So love, love to see that. Um, I, I'm just going to say the one thing we haven't talked about, Adam Larson. I know I'm wearing this. Uh, I was wearing it earlier today anyway, but uh, two two more assists for him, RJ. No registered shots on goal. All of his got blocked tonight, but he's still, I mean, he's, he's working for it. You can still tell he wants it bad. Oh, yeah, definitely. Wait, does he have a point yet? Did he have a, uh, did he have a point yet? Uh, All I, season, I, yeah. Uh, no, yeah, so th this was his first two points. Oh, okay, he's, got it. Adam Larson is no longer pointless. <laughs> no no point in Adam Lars. Yeah. Um good, good for him. I, I know he's saving, I know he's saving that first goal though for when you're in the building a little bit later this month. That would be really cool to see. Look, you don't have to save it for me, right? You can score whenever you want, help out the team, do all that stuff. But yes, you know, 
I wouldn't mind seeing it uh, live in, in person either. Uh, thank you, everybody, for, for joining us for this one. Still got a ton of people in here going over the hour. Mark, all the super chats was awesome. All the engagement, reading all the comments, just seeing everybody happy, enjoying a dance party again. Like It's just so much fun when we get these really great games and the crack and win on top of it, RJ. Like that's, Or maybe it's when the crack and win and we get a good game on top of it. That's there more so what it is. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so just want to thank everybody. Definitely also thank flatstick pub for sponsoring the post game lives again kraken gonna be gonna be coming home here soon so make sure you go to that south lake union location if you're going to the game show them your ticket you get 50 percent off games before the kraken game and then after the game you can go watch us on your phone right uh over there at flatstick pub and get a dollar off beer while you do it it's a great great deal so i just want to want to throw that one out there go for it. another yeah i was say i just next home game it's another saturday game too uh you got the uw football game again another big one against number 13 utah 12 30 p.m you can watch that whole thing roll right into the kraken game i mean just makes for an awesome saturday at flat stick definitely definitely good one um all right everybody thank you so much for joining us for this one and we will see you all next time